everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of Otterly Rad. This is Hi. a podcast where we talk about uh, rad things for parents, kids, caretakers, families of all kinds, shapes, and sorts. Uh, my name is Nathan, and my co-host is Haley. Hi. And in addition to being librarians and parents, we just like the kind of stuff that we tend to talk about on the show. So today, um, a few of our episodes recently, especially when we've had guests on, have kind of been about either events or um, topics, you know, sort of, sort of throwing around a topic more generally. In this case, though, we are talking about a particular uh, graphic novel. We've done graphic novels before. We're fans of those here on the show. This one is actually a manga called Wondering Sun. Now, if I'm correct, Haley, you haven't read a Wondering Sun, is that right? That's correct. So you're going to have to tell me about it. Great. That's a perfect setup to talk about it with the audience. Good job. <laughs> I will play uh, the role of the audience. <laughs> excellent. Uh, so, so Wondering Sun uh, is a manga series that was written and illustrated by Takako Shimura. It was originally serialized between December 2002 to August 2013. And it was published in 15 different volumes. So sort of, it was running in these um, sort of weekly things where they're really cut down and serialized into small pieces. And then they're published in larger volumes later on, just like in the States where you have single issues versus right. the sort of trade paperbacks, same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the series has been licensed in English. So what I'm talking about is the English version that's been published by Fantagraphics Books. I know there's at least five volumes of them that have been published here. I don't know how that translates in terms of the story to the Japanese version. So we may not have seen it all yet. In addition, there is an anime version or an animated version that's out there as well. There was a 12 issue or 12 episode um, anime version that was done back in 2011. So there's a lot of choices, I guess, depending on what you can what you can read and understand or what you want to consume. <laughs> so what but age range? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, actually, I was going to get to that. The interesting part about this is that um, the original magazine that it was serialized in was called Comic Beam, mm -hmm. and this was specifically targeted towards young adult males. Okay. Um, it, of course, it doesn't have to be read by that, and I think one of the things that will be interesting to talk about is I have a feeling the audience in the States is different than the audience in Japan to some extent, just because of who's publishing it in the U.S. and how it's packaged. And I mean, while it technically shows up, for example, at my library in the young adult section, I wonder how many young adults are actually reading it here. But it was serialized in a magazine that a lot of young people would be picking up in Japan. That makes sense. So the story, and I guess I should say, um, the book deals a lot with gender identity in a lot of forms. And a lot of the terminology that I'm going to use is the terminology that the author uses only to try to be consistent with how he describes it. I know that there may be translation issues with some of it or what have you, but I'm going to try to stick to that just to be as clear about what he was trying to say as I can. So the story is really based around this um, student named Suichi Natori that the author describes as a boy who wants to be a girl. And Shuichi's friend, Yoshino Takasuki, who is described as a girl who wants to be a boy. 
So basically you start with these two in fifth grade and um, Suichi China kind of feels alone in the fact that he has this feeling that even though he was identified as a boy at birth, that he feels like he would rather be a girl and often dresses as a girl. His sister uh, is a year older than him and is sort of an amateur model. Like she goes to all these, like, I guess it's sort of like the Japanese equivalent of beauty pageants. <laughs> so she goes to some of those and she tries to get magazine gigs and stuff like that. And he will often like dress up in her clothes things like that. And Yoshino, who he meets, uh, is a girl who really doesn't like going to school in like the school uniform. She would much rather dress more like a boy with short hair, with the, with the boy's uniform, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they sort of meet and bond over their shared um, feelings that they're not fitting what they would like to be. And then it, it sort of goes from there. One of the nice parts about this, not and there will be spoilers throughout all of this, so if you really care about the story, <laughs> I guess, go read it and then come back. But um, you all, I was worried the whole time that it was going to become basically a romance between these two, and uh -huh. it never does. Like, that's not a thing. In fact, that's one of the more interesting parts about it, is that you meet a number of other characters who have various combinations of gender identity and sexuality. So Shuichi, who is our boy who wants to be a girl, um, is attracted to women, is attracted to girls. So is Yoshina Takasuki, who is the girl who wants to be a boy. So they're, they're looking at things a little bit differently. Um, one of the things that happens is they meet an older woman who is described as a transsexual by the author who is living with a man. And their relationship is something that I think the kids sort of look at as a possibility for them in the future. So I guess my question would be, if someone came into the library saying that they wanted to find, um, I guess, uh, who's the target audience? Is that a fair question? Like, who would right. you recommend no, this book to? That's, that's a really good question, because the thing that maybe I like the most about the story is that the story is really not about those things. Like, yes, mm -hmm. they are a major part of what happens because, for example, the kids are going through puberty. That affects both of them pretty significantly <laughs> in ways that they don't typically like. Um, <laughs> Who does uh, like that? Well, right, exactly. But the, and, and again, that's kind of the point. Is right. like It's as much a slice of life story about these kids growing up and mm -hmm. really trying to discover who they are versus who their parents want them to be or who their school wants them to be or their friends mm -hmm. as it is anything specifically about gender identity or transsexualism or anything like that. So do you feel so, like it's not really the focus of the story then that this could be really um, accessible just because of the... Um the storyline itself rather than the characteristics of the characters. Yes. I, I think that is the case. And I think there's also a place for this to be a good tool for people who are for young people who would like to be advocates or supporters of friends or others who maybe um, have different gender identities or, or, you know, these sorts of things, because there are a number of characters. You meet a lot of characters in this. I mean, they're in a school, so they're not just sort mm -hmm. of isolated. They have lots of friends. And most of their friends are super great. Just 
they're friends. They don't care about, <laughs> they don't care about any of that stuff. Sometimes right. they revel in it or sometimes they share in it and sometimes they don't. And it's always fine either way. And there's some sort of tough issues that they tackle, but they almost always end up working out. So for example, um, there's this boy that we meet, I think in the second volume who the um, main character's sister, who's the like aspiring model, she really likes him. And so mm-hmm. he comes over one day after school and uh, when he rings the doorbell, our main character answers the door dressed up as a girl. And he thinks she's really cute and has like a crush on her. <laughs> and then later he finds out that in fact it is a boy and not a girl and he gets upset, but he basically gets over it and dates the sister anyway. And they're all friends eventually. Um, there's also another character who um, he meets who um, also is interested in dressing as a girl and they do so together. And then you find out that he is interested in uh, Shuichi, our main character, as a boy, you know, th- that he's attracted to him and, and he's not. And so they sort of separate for a while. And then later they realize it's not the end of the world when someone doesn't like you back and they're friends. So again, these are all things that could very easily happen to anybody. But I think it's sort of like we were talking about on a previous episode. Uh-huh. The fact that these issues are present in the piece, but they're not all of what the book is about. Right. And I think that that's really hard to find because those things are, they're characteristics of a book that you may not discover just from reading the back of it. So it's, it's really good to know, I guess the, the content of this sort of book as something that you can recommend because it's not, it's not a book about that, if that makes sense. Right. Now, there, there's there been some criticism of the book that the characters are a little too much like tiny adults and that maybe they don't deal with everything as a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or 13-year-old might. What age are they supposed to be? Well, they start out in fifth grade, so right. like 10 years old. But over the course of the series, I think in the Japanese one, at least, they go all the way through high school. So it follows them more slowly, almost like a Harry Potter sort of thing? Yeah, kind of. Like you skip, you usually okay. skip a few months here and there between mm. the volumes. That said, even at like, even in that first volume when they're maybe 10, they're sort of acting older than they might or they seem more mature perhaps than you might expect. And that said, I don't know that I agree with it completely. Mm-hmm. I think that it somewhat comes with people actually discussing issues uh, in a way that a lot of adults don't feel comfortable yes. <laughs> talking about issues. Yeah. And so just the fact that that's happening, I think kind of uh, sometimes makes it feel that way. Yeah. That said, I think you do get the feeling that they are kids and they employ a lot of sort of traditional manga techniques to make that happen. The art style, I think, is really interesting. It's kind of sparse and not very... um, Some manga can sort of be very sensory Mm -hmm. overload stuff everywhere, and this is really not that. It's much more plain. And in fact, if you go, for example, to Wikipedia and you look at the cover of the first volume in Japan, it's just two kids standing together they are in color but the whole rest of the background is just in black and white Mm -hmm. and that is a good i mean that particular technique isn't used very much but the idea is is kind of there Mm -hmm. that they're just sort of it's plain in a good way it is very much like i say a slice of life story 
Mm-hmm. And that I think is something that I'd like to say in general, if manga is something that you haven't really gotten into or your kids like it uh, and they read some of the stuff that's really popular, there is a ton of manga out there and oh more and more gosh. of it's being translated in English that is really the all kinds of books. Yeah. Right. I mean, we often say that comics is a medium and not a, uh, not a specific kind, like a genre. Mm-hmm. But in manga, it is especially the case. Manga yes. and anime, both. Um, so this slice of life sort of student story, there are tons of these out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the student angle is is so prevalent. And I think that it's nice that there are so many because they t- it gives such a wide range of options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, There's a wide range of options that you can choose from. And honestly, there's something out there for everyone's interests. So, I mean, there's a ton of sports manga. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, manga about different games that people play or, yes. or different kinds of jobs that people are in or, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's, there's, there's so everything. many. I, right. I feel like, especially the, the manga that I really appreciate just as a librarian is that stuff that's a little bit more offbeat, like the sports mangas, because mm-hmm. if you're looking for something for a reluctant reader, Finding something like that is just, it's gold because I've found that kids get much more excited about that stuff when they weren't excited about all of the other more traditional books that I presented as options for them. And I think that that's in part because graphic novels just aren't recommended in the same way that traditional books are, which is kind of a shame. Um, Although I guess recently the... um, Oh gosh, no, I don't remember his name because I don't have this open in my my tabs. Um, but one of the spokespersons for children's literature who was just um, elected, I guess, is a graphic novelist, which I think is really exciting. And of course, I don't. If you'd like his to open now. it up, <laughs> I will. I will. I will cut out the clicking and clacking. Yes, and put in some music here. Please remain on the line. One of our residents will be with you shortly. Thank you for holding. Our next available resident will be with you shortly. The Library of Congress anoints graphic novelist as ambassador for young people's literature. I will send you a link. Ah, that's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal. And now that I actually know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I can talk about what a great deal it is. See, I, well, I do know things. So it, I guess it should be said in the library world and probably like in education, some other in other fields, graphic novels are often seen as a way to get, you mentioned the term earlier, reluctant readers yes. to read. I think that that is true to some extent. I think that, that we have to be careful. We have to be careful about not shoehorning that. Um, or, yes. or sort of boxing them into that, just that. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But field. Yeah. I do think that particularly when it's really difficult to get people to see the value in graphic mm. novels, that I think that that's why that comes up so consistently because it's an, it's almost, I don't want to say the low hanging fruit, but it is in this particular right. type of book that I think a lot of librarians um, try to explain to people as no, these are not the Sunday funnies. So I think it's an easy way to show their value to people who may otherwise just kind of poo poo them. I think another thing to, to make that 
connection is to say that the format is something that kids who don't read manga, in the case of manga specifically, are familiar with from mm-hmm. watching anime. Yes. Not that every kid watches anime, but I think far more kids are at least exposed to it nowadays, or just the conventions of it even, yeah. than we were as kids. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so in fact, if you wanted to watch the anime, you actually can. Um, oh, if you it's go an actual... On, it's, well, it's, it's in show? Japanese, but mm-hmm. um, I believe it is subtitled. Uh, I haven't actually clicked on it to try to watch. And I think that would be a really bad thing to try and do on stream. But um, <laughs> Listen to I, Haley never... and Nathan watch, <laughs> watch Japanese anime. <laughs> okay, that, that might be a good episode one day. No, but, no, um, no, no, it no, would no. not. <laughs> uh, have, you ever, um, have you ever heard of the site Crunchyroll? I've not. Okay, so Crunchyroll is a site. It's sort of like a Netflix for anime. Now, I say that, but it has a significant free tier. Maybe it's more like Hulu Mm -hmm. in that um, you can watch them for free. You can watch a lot of episodes for free. And if it's a series like this that was already completely shown, it's been done for years, Mm -hmm. um, all the episodes are available online for free. Oh. Um, But you can, um, but there's commercials. Ah, well. If you don't want the commercials, it costs a few bucks a month, and then you can get them for free. The other thing is that um, they do have a lot of first-run stuff from Japan, so you can see it as soon as it comes out, basically. Uh, but usually for the new episodes, you have to pay, just like on Hulu. If you want new episodes, you have to pay. Gotcha. That said, like I said, this series has been done for a while. There's plenty of other ones that are really interesting that can kind of give you an idea if you're interested in that variety. Mm-hmm. You can sort of look through the shows that they have. They also have some manga that you can read online. They've got shows about basketball, about cycling, about... Um, I watched one for a little while about a guy who really wanted to be uh, an astronaut in his his work, like as an adult who really wasn't... His life wasn't really going anywhere trying to figure out if he could become an astronaut. But I would, I would read that. Seriously. I, mean, <laughs> I think this about is it every thing. day. I'm like, could I just go to space? <laughs> so uh, Crunchyroll might be a good sort of inroad for folks who are interested in seeing this. Now, Crunchyroll is not specifically for young people. There might be a variety of content on there. So you do have to do a little bit of pre screening. Um, if you do, if you do that sort of thing with your kids, so, uh, you know, but there's plenty on there that would be okay. As with everything, check first. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it does give you an idea of the, the variety of material that's available. Um, I would say too, that we find at our library that a lot of the people who are really interested in this stuff tend to be more what we would think of traditionally as creative, like people who are interested in art or interested in drawing or creative arts, however you want to define that. I think they like the mix of the, they can appreciate both the art style and the writing Mm -hmm. and sort of looking at the ways that it works together. But I also feel like you don't necessarily have to assume that your reader is artsy to recommend this sort of thing to them, because I feel like that potentially leaves out some kids. So I like to, I don't know, I tend to recommend graphic novels pretty equally with traditional books because I truly don't know what's going to grab a kid. You know what I mean? Right. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. And yeah, I mean, I I think that's absolutely true. So 
there are a ton out there. Again, Wondering Sun is one that I would especially recommend just because in light of our earlier conversations about, you know, finding material that has characters who are not the traditional character that you would see, but for whom that's not the only story that they can tell. Right. Right. You know, they are telling the Wondering Sun tells a lot of stories that are universal, Mm -hmm. but they do so in the context of someone who is dealing with different, you know, gender identity issues than, than some of the readers might be. Then again, I can imagine, and not being this, I can't say for sure, but I would think that if I were a young person who was feeling these sorts of things or just having any sort of question of my gender identity, reading a story like this where things are so much more accepted than I think you might expect to, uh, in a lot of cultures, mm-hmm. I think it would be very comforting in a lot of ways. I don't know. Or allow you to sort of play it out in your mind a little bit. That or I would just be really mad. Mm. Yeah. It's like when I read stories about Canada giving people a year of maternity leave, I don't feel comforted at all. I feel like throwing things. I feel like You don't feel good that there's some no. place in the world where people no, no, it doesn't make me feel good at all. It just makes me sad and bitter and angry. <laughs> well that as sounds this, like as this just a glowing endorsement a, for a the- great <laughs> Great sunshiny turn. <laughs> we we will we will really try our best not to talk politics on the show. I promise. But, <laughs> but if I the think... show ever changes like country of origin, you might know why. <laughs> but no, I think that what I'm saying is is more to the point of sometimes reading about someone dealing with what you're going through and not meeting the same type of barriers that you have in your own life. It it could be frustrating. So I guess I'll play devil's advocate to you there a little bit in saying that recommending something to kids that shows a world that's not really the world we live in, that these Japanese high schools are not American high schools. I don't know if that would be helpful or not. It's an honest question. I don't know. Well, I think what it means is that there isn't a cure-all. Like, there. this book is for every child who feels X, Y, or Z. Yeah. This is for every child who's in this particular kind of situation. Like, it's there's not. no such thing. Yeah. Um, and that's why when we talk about, you know, recommending books to readers, we usually don't mean one. <laughs> <laughs> this usually... is your book. This is it. <laughs> Yes, this is the book you should read about this subject. Yeah. Go and learn. This is true. Um, in a lot of ways, that was sort of the early library was they picked out the books that civilized society should should read and should know. Mm-hmm. We try to go a little bit past that at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the point of even a show like this where we recommend some of these things is not to say this is the thing that's good for every child or every family, period. Right. You know, you do have to to test them out and see. In this case, the volumes are not terribly expensive, and you get a lot of content for um, for your money. So, if this was something that you weren't able to get from your local library or that you really wanted to purchase, you could do so pretty easily, and you'd have a lot of content there to be able to tell if you like it or not. It's not sort of like you would read just a few pages or, or a little piece and not be able to tell. And for that matter, you could watch the whole darn series on Crunchyroll <laughs> and it probably gives you all the story or at mm-hmm. least a good chunk of story 
that again, you could decide whether this was a thing for you or not. Gotcha. That is one thing that I do have to say about manga and anime, and maybe it has more to do with the fan community or the, the sort of worldwide, worldwide appeal more than anything, but you can often find these titles out there in a variety of formats. And in the case of Crunchyroll, this is completely legal. This is not some dodgy illegal <laughs> streaming site. Like these are legitimate, you know, yeah. things. So I'm not talking about pirating content. I'm yeah. talking about actual content out there. Yeah. So when people watch these things, the authors are still getting supported in the ways that they should be. Exactly. So the, the there are a ton out there. If you've never read manga with your child or watched anime with your child, maybe there's a shared interest that you all have or, um, or something that they're going through that there might be a title related to that you might want to try out and see if it was something that would work for you or not. It is, it takes a little getting used to reading manga, especially if it's in the traditional Japanese format, which is the, what we think of as the back of the book to the front of the book. But you get used to it pretty quickly. Yeah. And again, there's something for just about everybody. There's great cooking titles and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so okay. something out there would probably be for adult readers as well. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. And as an adult, I mean, I've read all five volumes of Wondering Sun. I found them all to be quite compelling. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anything, the art style made it difficult occasionally for me to tell who was who, but usually people were saying each other's names enough, you know, that I get oh, yeah. the context. But, um, <laughs> I have that problem anytime there are more than like five characters in anything. <laughs> so Wondering yeah. Sun is available. There's at least five volumes available from Fanographics Books. You can pick them up lots of places online or at your local independent bookstore, your local library, etc., etc. If you are interested in this sort of thing, you want to leave us a comment, uh, you can go to our website, soundcloud.com slash otterlyrad. Leave us a comment there, follow us there, download the episodes. You can subscribe there or subscribe through iTunes, depending on how you do it. We're also on Stitcher as well. If you have a chance and you would like to leave us a review, I'm often told that iTunes reviews are the best way for people to see our podcast. They're, they are... For better or worse, iTunes is still the place where people go to look for this kind of content. So that is really the place that um, yeah, that we could use the most help. So if you wanted to, please put a review there and uh, rate us whatever you would like to rate us. And we would always love to hear from you. The show is at Otterly Rad on Twitter. O-T-T-E-R-L-Y-R-A-D. Uh, I'm at Just Nathan. I'm at We Hermione. And until next time, we hope you stay utterly mad. Bye!